evening and welcome to a very special interview show of the pro today it's my pleasure to have shri sham pitrada sir on our show mr sham pitrada sir is an internationally respected telecom inventor entrepreneur development thinker and policy maker who has spent 50 years in information and communication technology and related global and national developments thank you so much sir for taking out the time and a very warm welcome to the pro thank you thank you for the opportunity so 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 shri sam petrosa sir is here with us to discuss his latest book redesigning the world a global call to action it is a book that talks about redesigning the world on the foundations of sustainability inclusion equality equity and justice so that everyone on earth can enjoy peace and prosperity the link of the book is attached in the description box below so don't forget to check it out so sir i would like to start by asking that do you think that in this bipolar world it is possible to think about redesigning the world without looking at it from the point of liberal or conservative left or right i think so i think we have come to a point where we need to dream and dream big and i am basically coming from the viewpoint of hyper connectivity for the first time in the human history we are all connected what does this connectivity really mean can we go on using this connectivity to do the same things that we have been doing in the past with focus on geopolitical equation bipolar world conflicts trade economy our ideas of democracy authoritarian government liberal conservative or we go beyond all that narrative and really look at hyper connectivity to redesign the world to take humanity to the next level and that is the idea in the book it's not about our understanding of all these different ideas today it is more about focusing on two fundamental issues planet and people how do we really improve our planet using hyper connectivity which include climate control pollution water forest animals rivers ocean and then simultaneously look at how do we improve the quality of life for everybody today we live in a world which is basically unequal there is huge divide between haves and have nots very few people are very rich and lots of people don't have anything even in democracy we have divided people as opposed to connecting people so the technology is about connecting while the mindset is about dividing so we need to build inclusive world where each and every human being is treated with respect dignity and not with division today we tend to divide people based on race religion color cast it really doesn't make sense in a hyper connected world because sometimes you may not even get to see your colleague 
and you could be working with him or her on the internet for 10 years what does it really mean to divide people on the other end of the screen while you are working with your colleague could be a black person could be a white person could be female or could be dalit does it really matter and i think the idea is to really be very creative be very bold and dream of a world which is possible with hyper connectivity and not worry about all of the hang ups of the past yeah okay sir so what are you so you talked about sustainability in a, in your book a lot so sir where do you see this world as of now in terms of sustainable development do you believe that the sdgs set up by the united nations are being followed properly by the major economies of the world i think we really need to understand the fact that the world was last designed after world war 2 just about the time i was born i was born in 1942 so that design was led by us with handful of countries to put new order in place after world war that design gave birth to un world bank imf nato wto who and many other institutions that design also focused on measurements like gdp gnp per capita income balance of payment trade deficit the global conversation today is fundamentally based on that design so when all the global leaders meet they talk about geopolitical equation they talk about trade they talk about military equipment and i believe that design is basically obsolete that design did serve us well it created rule based system that's a great contribution from the us and we should be thankful for that it also avoided major world war 3 it lifted millions out of poverty it democratized technology but at the same time it has created inequality it has not solved the problems of poverty hunger environmental blunders and if you look at that design you find that seven according to me key things happened after the design one the entire world got decolonized no one ever thought that the whole world will be decolonized in a short span of 25 years no one ever thought that soviet union will fall apart no one ever thought that the china will be able to rise the way china has come up in the last 30 years then technology got democratized i always give this example that when i came to us in 1964 i had never used telephone in my life i had never seen a television because technology was focused only for the rich 
and few in Western world. Now technology has been democratized. All 8 billion people in the world are basically connected. This technology democratization has also created inequality. And finally, 9-11 change, American mindset, and COVID-19 put entire world to halt. COVID-19 to me tells me that nothing in this world can be isolated. Everything is interconnected, interrelated, interwoven, interdependent. So it is wrong to assume that you can isolate a piece and say it is for me. And that ties into your idea of sustainability that we'll talk in a minute. Yeah. Okay, COVID-19 also tells us that we need to rethink about global design. It is good time to take a pause and see what kind of a world we want to create going forward as opposed to saying, when do we go back to normal? It is not about going back to what it was. It is about creating new normal. What is that new normal? And that's why I wrote this book during lockdown because of Corona crisis. I was at home for 18 months. I had to do something productive. And I felt this was the opportunity for me to put all my thoughts together, look at my own journey and look at in my own little way where we are in the world. Not that I'm an expert. I'm not a professor. I'm not a sort of, you know, economist. But I've gone through a very interesting life in the last 80 years. I've been both sides of the world. I've been in India. I've been in the US. I've seen the real democracy, the real journey of technology. I worked with vacuum tubes. Transistor was born after I was born. And I have seen 4-bit microprocessor, 8-bit microprocessor, evolution of all the software languages and all. So this journey has given me unique perspective. It's very simple way of looking at things. And I'm convinced that unless and until we focus on sustainability and inclusion, we cannot take human civilization to the next level. Sustainability in terms of our planet, inclusion in terms of people. These are the two key drivers. How do you create sustainable systems? Lot of work has been done. We have huge amount of expertise globally, but these people are not given a chance. They don't get the right kind of hearing. Our political bosses don't pay attention to execution. They give a lot of lip service. We have been talking about global warming for 25 years. What have we really done? Not much. So I think sustainability is a necessity. It is not something fancy idea. Gandhiji talked about sustainable development in many different ways almost 100 years ago. Yeah. 
Gandhiji talked about inclusion in a very powerful way. Every one of his actions represented inclusive society, whether it was in terms of Hindu-Muslim or Harijans. And I think we have forgotten all that and we have created a world which is predominantly for privileged people. And until that changes, we cannot take humanity to the next level. And that's what this book is about. So what are your views on our corporate sustainability and how, how is it important in the current scenario? Because there have been, there have been a lot of talk on corporate, uh, corporates turning into, you know, uh, following sustainable models and all. Sustainability means different things to different people. Okay. To me, sustainability has to be the core concept of everything we do. So first, we have to realize that there is some limit to growth. When you look at the amount of mineral and raw material we take from earth every year, whether it is in the form of iron ore, lithium, copper, magnesium, whatever, we take three billion tons of material from earth every year. Three billion. How long we can go on doing this? Do we really need that much steel? Earth cannot ultimately support taking three billion tons every year of rich soil from earth. It will have impact on our environment in some way. Maybe 50 years, maybe 100 years. So we must think of circular economy. We must think of conservation and not consumption. See, today everything is based on the model of consumption, growth. Keep growing, keep consuming. That model has to change. We need to focus on conservation. We need to focus on regenerative economy. Many times I worry when I look at my tomato on my dining room table. I know that that tomato has traveled 1400 miles before getting to my table. Does it really make sense? Why can't I eat local tomato? In the process of globalizing everything, we are killing local capabilities, resources, talent, soil, genetic pool, and environment. Nature has given us this unique diversity. Desert is unique. Rainforests are unique. Climate creates certain amount of original genetic pool, all of that has to be preserved because of our over-focus on growth. We are killing plants, birds, bees, 
fish. Look at the ocean we have with mountain of plastic as big as state of Alaska. How did we get there? Because we started promoting bottled water. Bottled water idea is very new comparatively. By bottling water, what we have said is the water problem for the rich has been solved. For poor, water problem still remains. And this whole idea of creating bottled water with several billion plastic bottles a year is an environmental challenge. I also give another example where in India, whenever you go to visit somebody, they give you a glass full of water. Hardly anybody drinks it. Nobody says, do you want water? And if you want, I'll give you this much and not whole glass. Can you imagine every day billions of glasses of water being wasted, drinking water in a country like India? Is it really necessary? What is the impact of that on environment? I think these are the kind of questions we have never asked before. So sustainability has to be everybody's concern. It is not the concern of the government only. It is not about forest. It is about water, birds, bees, clothing we wear. It's about travel we take, you know, for granted. It's about everything. And we haven't really paid enough attention to sustainable ideas. A lot of oil companies talk about sustainability. There are all kinds of global conferences on sustainability. But the same group of people have five cars, 50 suits. Some people have 50 pairs of shoes. Do you really need that? Is that going to help sustainable world? So I think we need to really go down to simplicity. Because to me, simplicity and sustainability go hand in hand. We need simpler standard of living. Of course, there will be difference in standard of living. I understand that. But we don't need 50,000 square feet home for three people because they can afford to have it. Knowing that others don't have anything, how can you enjoy that? Of course, you are right to do whatever you want to do. But you got to decide what is that you want to do. Of course, you can afford to go buy, you know, 50 cars. But you got to be conscious saying, is that really necessary? And that's where sustainability comes in. So what, according to you, are some of the future challenges that the world will have to go through in terms of the environment and healthcare? And how can we work towards overcoming those future challenges as you talk about environment degradation and all? So let's go back to the design that I talked about earlier. The design that was created during World War II, which gave birth to UN and all that, was based on five fundamental ideas. Democracy, human rights, capitalism, consumption, 
and military. Then world was divided into Soviet Union camp and American camp. It was a bipolar world. Soviet Union had exactly opposite ideas to the US. Democracy was more like authoritarian government in Soviet Union. Human rights were not much valued. Capitalism was controlled as opposed to capitalism. There was a control of the state. Consumption was not encouraged, but the military was a common thread. When I look at the world today, I find that because of hyperconnectivity, everything is changing. Education, health, transport, commerce, trade, governance, everything around us is changing. And we need to create a new model. So when I wrote this book about redesign the world, I did a lot of research, a lot of reading, a lot of learning. And in my own way, I felt that we need to take next step, which is based on what we have accomplished. Not reject everything we have done. We have done a lot of good stuff too. So how do we take democracy to next level so that we create inclusive democracy? Today, all democracies are not inclusive. India is not inclusive. US is not inclusive. Whether it is Black Lives Matters or Dalits and minorities in India, we need to create inclusive democracy. But for that, we need to strengthen democracy. We need to build our institutions. We need to provide freedom and autonomy. We need to have justice. We need to allow civil society to flourish and we need scientific temper. If we build right democracy, then we can build inclusive society. Second, human rights are not good enough. We need to create focus on human needs. Today, we live in an economy of surplus and not economy of scarcity. We can produce anything. We need to decide what is that we want to produce. Unfortunately, we wind up producing for people who can afford to buy and not for people who need it. So we need to create systems where poor people have purchasing power in their hand to be able to buy things. whether it requires minimum guarantee income or some other work program, but you've got to give them money to be able to buy things. And you have to guarantee that we can eliminate hunger in the world. Today, we spend $2 trillion a year on defense when we know that it requires only $200 billion to eliminate hunger every year. One-tenth. I don't know why we don't focus on eliminating hunger. I was in Silicon Valley last month 
and this is one of the richest cities of the world san francisco with large number of billionaires coming out of all these great software companies and you see more and more people homeless sleeping on the street does it really make sense america being the richest country in the world has largest number of people in prison unfortunately in city of chicago where i have lived for 57 years 5 to 700 young black children die every year because of gun violence why what's going on why can't we fix that because we are not focused on inclusive world we are not focused on basic human needs third capitalism capitalism is not good enough it has done well but it has done very well for very few we need new economy we need economy that distributes wealth more equitably we need to shift systematically wealth from urban to rural areas how do we do that there are ways to do it if we think about it and decide to make substantial changes then consumption is not the answer conservation and sustainability is the answer and finally i hope and this is asking too much that as human civilization we have gotten to a point we can sort our differences across the table and don't need nuclear arms to negotiate why are we spending 2 trillion dollars a year on defense everywhere look at the amount of money we spend on afghanistan war iraq war libya war what's going on who are these people who are deciding on these wars in trying to kill innocent people all over the world can we all stand up and say hey enough is enough we will not allow military build up but people go on building military infrastructure whether it is china us russia india you name it somebody will have to say it is time to focus on non violence there is too much violence in this world unnecessarily and violence begins at home there is violence against women against children against minorities against poor and it goes on and on and on if we build equipment to kill we will kill during corona crisis not a single world leader has said that i will reduce my budget by 10% for next 5 years to improve my health infrastructure i will spend more money on saving people than on killing people <laughs> people don't do that and these are world leaders can you believe that and we all follow them and we all worship them it is time for somebody to stand up and say hey enough is enough and it is not about against anybody it is not about criticizing america or criticizing china or criticizing india or criticizing europe no it's for the planet and for the people 
can we rise to a level when we think big and look at larger challenges in the world i think that's what this book is about not that this book is going to solve all the problems of the world not that i have all the solutions all i am saying is after corona crisis let us come together and see what kind of a world we want to build when g7 people meet or g20 people meet leaders what do they talk about they talk about what is good for their country they talk about trade they talk about defense equipment they want to sell they don't say wait a minute this is not a platform to talk about my country this is a platform to talk about the world in the process if i have to give something we will give something this is the platform to talk about only two things planet and people it is not a platform for marketing my defense equipment for worrying about my trade for worrying about only my economy i don't understand why people don't see it this way it is so simple and that's what i want to do i want to create that new conversation i want young people like you in the world to take my message to larger group of people you know if i was today a multi billionaire people will pay attention but people don't pay attention to ordinary voices and i am one of those ordinary voices from the ground and not from the top and it's going to be difficult to take this message across and i need all the help i can get thank you so how big of a role you talked about privatization you talked about capitalism so how big of a role does the private sector have to play in redesigning the world and how how can the balance between chronic capitalism and development will be created i think private sector has a huge role to play because private sector creates jobs private sector creates opportunities private sector builds things for people but the question is private sector will also have to realize that you cannot just focus on profit it is not about financial gains look america decided to move lot of jobs to china mainly because one they didn't want to deal with labor as one of my friends said and two they thought they could do it cheaper in the process local people lost livelihood and you have created a monster where entire world's production went to china because of their system where they could get 50000 people from village to live in bunker and work hard so optimizing for profit cannot be the single objective for private sector private sector has to optimize quality of life for their community and that's where sustainability comes in private sector has to really think about local jobs maybe reduce profit little bit but if there is local prosperity they'll be able to buy your product 
What good is your product if there is nobody to buy? So you optimize your profit, but in the process, you have taken livelihood from millions and millions in your neighborhood. So private sector will have to decide to protect environment, to make sure they don't pollute river. Look at Ganga. We've been talking about cleaning Ganga for 40 years. Why haven't we been able to do it? Because private sector has not taken it seriously. Rivers get polluted because you dump your industrial waste in the river. That's not the only thing you do, but that's one of the reasons rivers get polluted. So private sector has to play a very important role in making sure that the community benefits, environment benefit, localization is encouraged, local production, local capabilities are used effectively, and local ecosystem is preserved. You take, for example, the soil. You know, I know that Bajra, in certain part of Saurastra, Gujarat, tastes very different, mainly because of the soil and genetic pool. Now, you take a lot of these foreign fertilizers and destroy that soil just because the production is going to be a little higher. In the process, you are destroying local genetic pool. So these are all the things private sector will have to look at carefully. Okay, sir. I would like to conclude by asking, is there anything else you want to talk about your book in specific? No, I think one, I want young people like you to look at the book, think about it, because your future is at stake. Some of you probably would live to be 150 years. Because by the time you get into trouble, technology would make sure that like auto parts, all their body parts would be, all your body parts would be replaceable. And they won't let you die. So you have a long way to go. And it is your world that you need to redesign. I want young people like you to raise your voices, promote this idea of five new pillars of the redesign, inclusion, human needs, sustainability and conservation, new economy, and non-violence. I want enough of you to have debate, discussions, dialogues, on social media on these things because the pressure is to come from bottom up and not top down. Social media is very effective, but it is being used for wrong stuff today. It is being used to spread lies, look at fancy videos, songs, and not really to promote big ideas like sustainability inclusion. I hope you young people can use that social media for larger cause. My world yep. is over. I'm 80 year old. You know, it is your world that we need to worry about. I tell my grandchildren that my grandfather gave me a world that was simple, 
poor and clean. Unfortunately, I am leaving behind for my grandchildren a world that is very complex, rich, but polluted. Go fix it. That's the challenge. Thank sure, you. Sir. Sure, sir. Thank you very much, sir, for taking out the time. It was indeed an honor speaking to you. Viewers, do check out the link in the description box below to order your copies. Thank you, sir. Thank you.